Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sick going, hockey fans. Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, brought to you by Bet Online. If you haven't joined us before, Casing the League brings you all top NHL headlines, hot topics, and most importantly, those best bets during the Stanley Cup final. And so far, we're on a bit of a hot streak. So, first and foremost, join us over at Casing the League on Twitter at the Sports Case, K A S E, as well as over on Believe Network to stay up to date on all brand new episodes coming at you as we guide you through the Stanley Cup final, getting ready to gear into game three. And also, as I mentioned, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports waging needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And of course, you're going to want to log on to that website and check out the five best bets that I deliver for you towards the end of this segment on casing the league. Uh, because, guys, we're doing so well. In game two, we struck hot cashing in on three out of five bets. And that's kind of been the theme here lately. Casing the league has at least delivered three cash worthy bets. A couple of things to case because there's been players that have been so close to delivering on those props. But more importantly, we have been watching some pretty exciting hockey. I can't say that that's been the case for the Florida Panthers, but definitely for the Vegas Golden Knights who put on a show in games one and game two in Las Vegas. Now, the teams get ready to head down to South Florida. Actually, they're there now. Everyone checked in back. And I'm, I got to clarify something, guys. South Florida is not Miami. The Florida Panthers are not South Beach. Like, there's nothing happening in Miami unless you make the 45-minute-plus drive to get to Miami or to get to South Beach, which is even further. I don't know why I felt the need to clarify that, but it just, as a native Floridian, it drives me crazy when people are like, South Beach bound. No, you're not. You're going to Fort Lauderdale. The arena's kind of in the middle of here and there and nowhere. And uh, when I covered All-Star Weekend for, and for the NHL, you had to drive all kinds of mileage just to get from point A to point B. And you could tell who was not from Florida because everyone who thought that they were going to make event A over on the beach and then make event B over at the arena were late and it did not work out. So I only say that to be helpful because ever, as everyone thinks they're getting ready to go party on South Beach, you're going to be making some extreme drives or you're going to have a nice fat Uber bill. So just so you guys know, the Florida Panthers are Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is not South Beach, Miami, and my rant is now over. Sorry. 
perks of being a Floridian. Anyway, getting back to the most important conversation here, Stanley Cup Final, Game 3, going down tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And as you guys see some of these clips or hear this podcast, it may even be Thursday. So we're going to go Thursday night, 8 p.m., Game 3. And uh, let's just talk about Game 2 here for a hot second. Now, Game 2, we had some information heading into it saying that the Panthers had a fighting chance to make a comeback. The last time the Florida Panthers have been pushed and forced and put in that uncomfortable position to have a comeback was in game two versus the Boston Bruins of round one. And they did. They made the comeback. They won six to three, loading up in the gold tally, making the Boston Bruins look like schmucks and also putting themselves in a series and a different conversation that didn't make them look like they were incapable of being in the playoffs to begin with. All that to say, that was not the team that we saw in game two versus the Vegas Golden Knights. This game, too, the Vegas Golden Knights came out hot and swinging. And to say the least, in the first game that we saw versus these two, we saw a more even kill first period. We saw things dial up in the second period, competition-wise. And then we saw Vegas take off in the third period. At this exact moment in time, the Vegas Golden Knights have now conquered four straight periods of hockey versus the Florida Panthers. I would like to say part of the Panthers' issue is that they're kind of starting to get emotional out there on the ice. But... No, it's not exactly the tempers that flare because we love to see a nice physical game. It's the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are entirely forcing them out of any sort of structure. Now, every time I've discussed the Florida Panthers throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs conversations, I've talked about the fact that they have kind of had an unorthodox approach and skating style to their wins. They've also just had the capability of outworking and overpressuring and being that physical dominance on the ice versus their opponent. They've met their match in the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights don't fear physicality because they have heavy hitters on their team. They have a lot of guys on their roster that are not afraid to drop the gloves. They've got many two-way players that have a strong defensive element to their game as well as the ability to put the puck on the net. And then the defensemen. This was a conversation that kind of threw me for a second because when we initially discussed the blue liners for both of these rosters, the Florida Panthers blue liners were getting the most praise and the most looks. Why? Because you had guys like Brandon Montour that were completely tearing it up towards the end of the first round and the beginning of the second round. It's also his pace for shots on goal. It's the physical element to his game. And it's the fact that he's pretty sweet on special teams. Brandon Montour was crushing it. Now, not taking away from what he has done, but if you move him out of the conversation, there was other blue liners we're talking about for the Florida Panthers. Forsling, who never got enough credit to his name. I think he had two or three goals throughout playoffs himself. And then you had Ekblad. So you had multiple offensive defensemen on the Florida Panthers roster that were contributing to their success. They were locking down the D zone and they were pushing pucks forward and anchoring the blue line to help the Florida Panthers have scoring chances. We have not seen that versus the Vegas Golden Knights, not because the skills aren't there, not because they're still not putting in the work because Montour paced five, five shots on goal in game two. It's the fact that the defensive men for the Vegas Golden Knights were uncharacteristically underestimated. There were some people that talked about the size of these defensemen and the fact that that came in handy and that that helped them play it strongly in their defensive zone. But we didn't discuss their ability to throw their body on the line, to block shots without blinking, to completely interrupt and take away passing lanes from their opponent, and the way that they play so tight in the crease to protect their goalie. 
yeah, these defensemen have been playing insane. For starters, Petrangelo, we know, is top-notch when it comes to protecting his goalie, but also Alec Martinez is probably one of the top defensemen on that roster. And don't stop there. You've got, hey, you've got uh, McNabb. You've got White Cloud, who can be an offensive defenseman in certain games, depending on how things are going. So their list of contributing defensemen almost tally higher than the Florida Panthers. They just weren't talked about enough. But it's also the fact of how well they play in in front of their goaltender. And I think that that was something that was highly, highly exposed and more, or not exposed, but more revealing in game two. Because while Aiden Hill is still standing on his head coming up with these ginormous saves, we saw actually a little bit more clear vision of where and how the defensemen are playing so strongly in front of Aiden Hill. And that's a very flustering situation for a Florida Panthers team that's not particularly high scoring no they were just doing a great job at keeping pucks out of their net a lot of that credit due to Rogowski who didn't have the best game has not had the best first two games he got pulled in game two do I think he's going to bounce back absolutely but shout out to hockey analytics pointing out the fact that his statistics heading into this series heading into the Stanley Cup final he was minimum of 94.9% across the board and from all the different angles and ways that he has made saves. His save percentages were top charts. And I think Megan phrased it as this, where can Borowski go from here? And that's what we're seeing right now. How do you top such stellar performances across three rounds? Well, consistency is a great start. If you come in at that level, you're still going to produce so strongly for your team. But could exhaustion and fatigue be playing in differently? Are his defensemen playing differently in front of him? Because you can only count on your goalie so much. Take it from a girl who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning, where Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the league. And yeah, you just start to see some weird adjustments happen when your defensemen aren't playing a certain way in front of you. So something to look at heading into game three, or actually during game three, how will the Florida Panthers defensemen readjust? How will they lock down their D zone even better? Because the biggest Golden Knights can score, and they are pretty highly offensively sound. They were averaged at about 0.52 to score more than the Florida Panthers. Now, all of that aside, two great teams with two great blue liners, different styles and different skill sets. But let's also talk about that offensive firepower. We saw Paul Maurice kind of throw his lines in the blender a little bit, I think coming up with about eight different line shuffles there throughout his four lines. Um, Vegas Golden Knights are sticking to what works. I think they only have five different line shuffles throughout their four lines, and they don't need to change much of anything. Their top two lines are producing. Their top six are reliable, but all four lines are getting involved and making sure that they put pucks on net and having that strong two-way element to their game. If you caught the last episode of Casing the League, you heard me just rave and rave and rave about Borowski, and not Borowski, excuse me, about Barbashev, the names. Because he's so underestimated. He's not talked about enough. He's somebody who has already lifted his Stanley Cup and knows what it's like to achieve the highest honor in not only hockey, but let's be serious, the best trophy in sports. So for somebody to have that caliber to him, I think he knows how to adjust so well. He did become a pain in the Florida Panthers behind just as I thought and anticipated that he would. I thought he'd piss off Matthew Kachuk a little bit more, but it's okay. He got under, I don't know, big guy, Gudis, took him out of the game. I'm not saying that it was a you know, clean hit. We don't like to see anybody get hurt, but you can't underestimate what defensive elements some of these strikers bring to the game or the ice. And that's exactly what Barbashev does. Barbashev is huge for this team, maybe more on the silent leader side, but I think his experience starts to show up and just progressively increase game by game by game. Somebody I expect to continue to see great things out of. So you've got him and then the 
the mere fact that Marchesaw, he's unstoppable. He's on a hot streak. There's only so much to say there. Then you got Riley Smith, somebody that I've loved in game one and game two. Then you got Mark Stone, a leader of this team, doing what leaders do, showing up when it counts and keeping his team motivated and encouraged. Petrangelo, I love his story off the ice. I love him even more on the ice. Another person who's probably more in the silent leader column, but if you heard him mic'd up on TNT, he's just so calm. He's so chill, but he is an inspiration and a motivator. There's just so many guys with the right kind of experience for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I used to say this about the Tampa Bay Lightning during this previous season. There's so many different kinds of leadership in that locker room. And I think that's something that can help pull vault you into the next, I don't know, level category series, whatever the case may be. And we're starting to see that with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, having paid more attention to the roster, you see that there's a similarity there. So many different kinds of leaders, so many different kinds of leadership styles. You don't know which leadership style you're going to rely on in the thick of things. And I think that's going to help continue to give the Vegas Golden Knights an advantage, which takes my whole long rant to what do I think is going to happen with this series? Well, I got some great numbers from BetQL, uh, my friend Dan over there, letting us know that heading into game two, Vegas Golden Knights had topped the series with a 76.2% chance to win. And they were sitting at 68.8% odds at a minus 220, looking at the remaining games to clear out and win the series. Now, keeping those numbers in mind, we obviously know that game three is tremendous because it can either give Vegas a 3-0 series lead or it can finally put a fighting Florida Panthers back in the game, a team we know not to count out because if Matthew Kachuk goes to that locker room, lifts the puck or the rawhide bark or whatever they're feeling that day as cat dogs, they can stay in this and they can push this to a game seven. So let's see what's coming up and break down some game seven situations. Now the Panthers had a strong away record. Uh, obviously that away record streak broke in game one versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but with that said, they had eight wins on the road consecutively. Now their road record is a lot sexier than their home record. Their home record sits at about four and three. This is where teams had actually had a chance to kind of gain an edge on them, which is pretty wild because you would think that they would go off even further on home ice. We saw them have consistency on home ice after all-star weekend, but we know regular season and playoffs are never the same thing. Now Vegas, while they were seven and three at home and we clearly saw that they love to put on a show, they're even even more consistent and still quite good on the road with a 6-2 road record that they're going to look to increase Thursday at 8 p.m. Now, I bring all of this up for a number of reasons. I feel like the Vegas Golden Knights can extend their series, even though we know how well the Florida Panthers can rally back. I think we're just kind of seeing a team that's been solved, and it's not just because Wawowski, it's also because they're forcing their defensemen to play a different style of hockey. They're forcing them out of their structure. They're flustering their lines. If Matthew Kachuk's not involved on the jump, there's one top line that's really been getting the job done, and it's been Duclair, Barkov, and Lundell. Now, I'll say this. Where the heck has Carter Verhage been? I thought that that was going to be the Stanley Cup final takeoff. And if Verhage wasn't in the mix, Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhardt, Sams, where are you? We thought that you were going to be pulling through for this Florida Panthers team because while Matthew Kachuk has done insane things and made some historic marks for the Florida Panthers franchise, it cannot be all about Matthew Kachuk because he also has to be the muscle on that team versus a team that could be physically, have physical endurance. So it's going to take other Florida Panther guys finding their way, finding their stride, getting in those dirty areas. Now I will say this, the Florida Panthers top six guys have had the most high danger shot chances in comparison to the Vegas Golden Knights, but 
most of the time when they're outshot by their opponent, that doesn't wear them down. But now they have an opportunity to be outshot by their opponent and not find their way through to find those goals. So other guys have got to step up. To put that into perspective as to how well the Vegas Golden Knights are doing and how many different players they can rely on, they've had nine different scores. And they made history in game two with a three-plus goal game in the Stanley Cup final. Continuing to keep that in mind, the statistical depth that the Vegas Golden Knights have in comparison to the Florida Panthers, their top five guys have 35 more points than Florida's top five guys. And Vegas Golden Knights top five guys consist of Eichel, 22 points, Marchi, 21 points, Stevenson, Stone, and Barbashev all have 17 points, Carlson at 15 points. Yeah, let's continue. Then you've got the top five players for the Florida Panthers. Matthew Kachuk, no surprise here, 22 points. Carter Verhage, 15 points. Barkov, 14. Bennett, 12. Reinhardt, 11. Just listen to the drop-off between guy one and guy two, and you see how much of an advantage the Vegas Golden Knights or how much the Vegas Golden Knights are outplaying them. Eichel with 22, Kachuk with 22, Marchi with 21, Verhage with 15. The margin there just shows you that these other guys have got to find a way to get involved and alleviate Matthew Kachuk because if they put it all on Matthew Kachuk while he had four game-winning goals, five game-winning goal situations, and all the stellar accolades that we could talk about, Stanley Cup final, that's not going to cut it. So hopefully, as we know, this is something they'll keep in mind. Now, somewhere else that the Vegas Golden Knights are finding an edge is that they've played really great face-off hockey in all three zones. Um, also, when it comes to comparing the face-off zones, Game two, they had 45 wins versus Florida's 43 wins. Where they dominate the most is in the D zone. They had 13 defensive zone face-off wins versus the Florida's six D zone face-off wins. If you take advantage of the D zone face-off circle, you're going to set yourself up for a scoring opportunity. And we know the Vegas Golden Knights can take full advantage of that. So all this is just to keep in mind. Now, also, the last thing before we move on to best bets is the fact that the Florida Panthers special teams – where you been? I have no idea where they went because looking into this series before game one even came into perspective, the Florida Panthers were supposed to be sharper percentage wise in both power plays and penalty kill. I said that they had an advantage with special teams and if things went to power play opportunities for the Florida Panthers, that that's where they were going to pick up some points. Not really happening. It's not clicking for them. If anything, they went into this with a 6.4% efficiency higher than the Vegas Golden Knights on the power play. And Vegas has just been cashing in on the power play versus the Florida Panthers. Now, as we start moving over to some best bets, last thing I will bring to mind is that while I've just kind of gave some, a lot of players, I don't know, some grief because everything has come down to the shoulders of Matthew Kachuk. It's been Anthony Duclair who's gotten in and helped his team stay in any sort of contention in both of these games. And not only him, obviously, it's the guy who likes to pick up the, the goal, Lundell. So Matthew Kachuk actually had the highest productive line in game one with nine scoring chances and six high danger shots. But 
Aiden Hill keeps declining those opportunities, which further proves my point that other lines have got to get involved. If you have a team with four lines that can make the moves happen versus a team that's relying on only their top six, I know how quickly that mountain can crumble. So let's go ahead and get into these best bets if I haven't alluded to it already. Anthony Duclair over just half a point at a plus 110. Four goals, seven assists, 11 points. His Lions production with Barkoff and Lundell in game two alone. They had one goal, five high danger chances, and seven scoring opportunities, clearly cashing in on one of those scoring chances. Um, Duclair, just to look at the work that he's done since bouncing back from injury, he was somebody who was consistently kind of picking up point streaks here and there. He'd kind of fall off for a game or two, but Racking up in the point column, especially in the regular season, was something that he did so well. So hopefully he's somebody who can continue to build off his progressions from game one, game two, and help his team out on home ice in game three. Now pivoting over to my next guy, Riley Smith over just half a point at a plus 100. Three goals, nine assists, 12 points. And that line with Carlson and Amadeo, Amadeo, Amato, I can't with his name. One goal, four high danger chances, five scoring opportunities. He was jamming up the Florida Panthers net in game two. I swear on at least two different occasions, I thought he was going to get a beautiful goal. So many chances for Riley Smith. He's either going to cash in on a goal Thursday night, or he's going to help his line, set his lineup for success. And I think William Carlson is due for a goal. I've had Wild Bill for an anytime goal a couple times here. Well, it has not happened quite yet. I'm sure a guy like Riley Smith can help him get the job done. Smith is probably one of the other guys that he has the most chemistry with. Aside from Nicholas Roy, I do like when the Lions shuffle up a little bit and Roy and Carlson end up on the same line. And plus, Carlson has this beautiful rush and breakaway, his puck management, and then setting up his teammate to execute chef's kiss perfectly for a goal. I just want to see Wild Bill get one in. But I won't take away any chances from Riley Smith. Like I said, he was just such a pest, jamming up the net taking away eyes. I mean, he's not talked about enough. And I, I know I just said that about Barbershev the other day, but again, this, this roster just has so many guys worthy of mentions and he tops the category as well. Now, next, anytime score, this might feel like a bit of a reach here. You got Brandon Montour at a plus three fifty six goals, three assists, nine points. Now he's paced for eight shots on goal through games one and two, five of those eight shots came in game two what we've seen is that Brandon Montour is that offensive defenseman that not only anchors the blue line but creates those long shots and those lucky bounces and they're going to need this it's time to switch things up it's time to serve up some different looks and the last time they had to do that versus the Boston Bruins it was Brandon Montour that came in hot clutch and made it happen so I'm just kind of feeling the adjustment here I'm feeling the step up of some other guys so that they don't get swept out of the Stanley Cup final after not being in it since 1996 uh I don't know so take Montour and then you don't fix what ain't broke if I even said that correctly Jonathan Marchesso Marchesso I keep thinking of Chance the Rapper every time I say his last name. Anytime goal, plus 160, 12 goals, 9 assists, 21 points, 2 power play goals, by the way. So Marchi has got the magic mitt right now when being on the power play. And look, if you heard it on one of the episodes of Casing the League, let me remind you, Jonathan Marchiso loves playing away. He loves playing on his opponent's home ice. He loves putting in work on his opponent's home ice. I'm sure the Dallas Stars are still pissed to see his face anywhere because, well, he was the one who was loading up in the goal tally on their home ice. It's so disrespectful in the most beautiful way. So I think Marchie can continue the hot streak. Uh, 
as a safety precaution, I guess you could say. I just took him for the half, for the over half a point last game. Obviously, he cashed in between his two goals and an assist. I mean, the guy walked away from the night with three points, and he made it all look so fabulous. So I think he's going to continue the hot streak. While I didn't want to kind of bail out and just go with over half a point, um, I think he's going to continue to – add to the goal tally. I think he's going to walk away from this game with at least one or two goals. And I mentioned it on the morning after with Ben Stevens. He's one of two players on this Vegas Golden Knights roster who's had multiple two goal game, two goal game results. Sorry, that was a tongue twister. Two goal game results in the playoffs. Uh, William Carlson was the other one who I'm just, come on, Wild Bill. You know, you want to score here soon, but Marchie continue to stay hot, my friend. And then the final bet of this segment Highest scoring period. I'm taking the second period at a plus 300 because, look, both of these teams have the majority of their goals in the second period. Uh, the Florida Panthers have 19 goals. The Vegas Golden Knights have 25. The Florida Panthers have posted 157 shots, while the Vegas Golden Knights have posted 194. And these statistics are all prior to game two. But it's just to put into perspective how much things pick up in the second period for these teams. Now, I'll say this, Vegas Golden Knights are almost consistent across the board with how many goals they've picked up in period one and two. Uh, for the Florida Panthers, it's just, you know, it's a very dominant performance in the second period. We've seen big comeback performances in the third period by both of these teams, but we also know that the Florida Panthers cannot afford to get behind, not in the first period. Now, statistically, they do pretty well when they have to bounce back after trailing in the first, but if they're trailing after two periods, it's kind of a no-go at that point, which we saw in game two. And when they're tied up after two periods, the Vegas Golden Knights have the edge there with a couple more wins than the Florida Panthers have been able to pull off. So that's also where the Florida Panthers have met their match. Match, a team that knows how to rally and have those comeback wins and look the Vegas Golden Knights had to do it against one of the most high-powered offenses in the NHL and when I was trying to explain this on send it in yesterday I was trying to put into perspective that the Vegas Golden Knights have posted more goals consistently than the Florida Panthers while being defensively sound now the Florida Panthers although they have had defensively sound performances they have been bailed out of games losing opportunities by their goaltender more than they have produced offensively so listen to that all again just so you guys hear where I'm coming from. Vegas Golden Knights have not only produced offensively, but they've been sound in their D zone and they've had quality goaltending between the pipes where the Florida Panthers have done well in their D zone. They've been bailed out by their goaltender and they've been hit or miss when producing offensively. So if there's a team that continues to show their upper hand here, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, it doesn't mean that I've changed my opinion. Heading into this series, I had Vegas winning game one and Panthers winning this series. I'm not counting out the Panthers until I see how game three goes because we know it's not over until it's over for the Panthers. But game by game, we are seeing just how much the Vegas Golden Knights were not credited for their style of play, their style of tenacity, and their ability to have depth where it counts the most. So that is going to be my final spiel heading into game three. Let me know you guys' thoughts. Be sure to follow over at Twitter, over on Twitter, <laughs> at Casing the League, K-A-S-I-N-G, or follow me personally at the Sports Case, K-A-S-E. And of course, be sure to follow Believe Network. And then remember, all of these bets are brought to you by Bet Online. Log into Bet Online now. Use code believe B L E A V to get that 50% off your first deposit. And I promise you, you're not going to regret at least three of these five bets because that's the streak that we've been on here on Casing the League. I appreciate you guys so much for joining me here, for following along on Twitter, for sharing any of your thoughts, for geeking out on hockey with me, all of the above. 
I'm your host, Casey Hudson, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Casing the League.